did you know that bucket hats are back in style? No. Just so you know, this one would like that hat. <laughs> I'm not lying. Do you realize I was the nerd in high school that wore those? Like, it was nerdy to wear those when I was in high school. And now they're in style. Hey, she wants one. Yep. They're back. They're back in style. I should have kept them all, man. I got rid of those I things. Not, yeah. I had the blossom hats, too. Oh, God, those. Yeah, hopefully those <laughs> come back. That was a bit much. <laughs> she loves this pineapple uh, bucket hat. She loves it so much. For women. Oh, for women. You're a woman. Oh, what are the odds? You're listening to the Epically Geeky Show, a place for all things geeky. Welcome out to the Epically Geeky Show, episode number 120. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight's opening question is, have you ever felt like an expert at something? Uh, Chris, have you ever felt like an expert at something? So, turns out I have a pretty intense self-deprecating mode to my personality. This one's a little hard. <laughs> hey, <laughs> girl, I feel you. <laughs> then it was good, and I felt good about it. But it was like, I'm not an expert in anything. What a, what a question. Um, so I actually thought of three, which is now funny because of the self-deprecation. So I'm really good at people watching. I <laughs> love it. I'm very good at it. I can figure people's patterns out. These are a little sappy, but I'm good at this. I'm really good at this. Being Ray's wife, I'm his, I'm an expert at being his partner because I know him so well. So to predict his moods and, and just how to talk to him and when he's upset, what to do. Um, when I'm upset, what, how to talk to him to get my point across. And, right. I, and then being my kid's parent, I know those two little buggers like crazy. So I'm, I'm a good, I'm an expert mom to them. That's, that's a really good answer. And I feel like that comes in, I, you know, every so often we have to reinforce that with the grandparents because it's like, well, that no, you're not with them day in and day out. Like, I know you raised kids. I'm not deprecating on that. I'm yes. just saying these aren't your kids. Yes. So yes. I understand that completely. Uh, Jen, have you ever felt like an expert on something? Man, this was hard for me too because I, uh, I'm i going to be a, a bit a Debbie Downer this, this episode because I always feel inadequate and like I'm an imposter in just about every situation because I never feel like I know enough, right? So – I don't ever really feel like an expert or like I'm prepared completely. Mm -hmm. A lot of that's just my personality and being a perfectionist and like, you know, retentive, but um, things like gift giving and keeping in touch with people, like writing letters and, you know, like some soft skills like that. I just don't know that there's like situations where I would feel like an expert, if that makes sense, or roles in my life. And see, those so. are things I definitely have, like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm okay at gift giving, but like you were saying, like keeping up with people, I'm horrible. Like I have to set reminders. I, I'm like, I am the worst friend. I love you. I put it, but I'm terrible at keeping up with people. Absolutely. Well, so one of my love languages is quality time. And <laughs> to me, that's, that's part of it is like, you know, texting, talking, uh, physically being with someone that's that's how I express love and that's how I feel love so that's what I think one of the reasons that that's one of my my things and then gifts are another one and acts of service 
Um, but yeah, they all kind of mix together. So anyways, I feel like, I guess in those ways, I'm, I'm kind of an expert at figuring out, you know, what people like and getting them unique things. So yeah. Cool. Real quick, just a side note, remind me after the show to talk to you about that. Um, because I've been thinking, I'm trying to find a second book to read for this month and that's on my list. And I was like, Oh, and not so anyway, um, (laughs) but anyway, um, I would feel I feel like I have felt like an expert at certain areas, and that usually um, I and it's because I psych myself up about it, mm-hmm. um, and it usually like um, well building this proton pack because this is my model. This is uh, the thing that I, I know it front to back. Um, what's funny is is uh, if you've if you've ever read uh, Steve Wozniak book uh, Steve Wozniak's book I Was. Um, he talks about like he was like super shy and couldn't really like talk to anyone. But then when people would come up and ask him about the computers he built, he's like, well, I, I knew that and I could talk to them about that. And then he was like, that's when I came out of my shell and started talking to people. Um, and I feel that way, too. Like most of the time when I enter a conversation, I try to listen more um and you know get as much information as i can if but if it's something that i feel like i know like if someone's asking me questions about like the proton pack or something like that um then i feel like an expert in that and i feel like okay i can you know even if i give an answer i can still say well this is the way i did it or you know you know i'm saying something like that so there are some times where i i I do feel like that but um yeah i i do have the imposter syndrome not as much anymore like i said we'll, we'll talk about that near the end but um this is one of the topics that I think I originally came up with for the show a while back. That's what's mm-hmm. going on here. I didn't realize yeah. what it was. It's not I just thought, me. Yeah, exactly. It's not just me. Um, well, can I say one more thing uh, no, regarding uh, like things you feel like an expert in? I will say, like I feel like it's a mood kind of like feeling like one day I'll feel like, yeah, I'm an expert in this. And then the next day I'll be like, I don't know shit about this. You know? Yes, absolutely. So, so it's like. Yeah, it's hard to say, yeah, I feel like an expert in XYZ because it's not consistent or it changes depending on, you know, developments in the world or my own, you know, internal chemistry or whatever. So I guess everybody probably goes through that, but it's just all that to say it's normal. Everybody feels that way and you're not crazy. Right. And I think it also depends on the situation. So like the average person, if I go to start talking to them about 3D printing or, you know, uh, buildings, you know, prop making, stuff like that. Uh, the average person, yeah, I would definitely be the expert in that situation, and I try to keep that in mind. Um, but, like, if I went to a convention and there were, like, like if Bill Duran was there or, like, some of these other, like, professional prop makers, then I would be like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing at all. <laughs> like I said, the reason I, I, I thought about this was because it, it was something that was going through my head, you know, from time to time, and I, was just, and I felt like that. And the way I've always described it, to people is um, if you look up the definition, I don't want to be that part. Webster's dictionary, you know, I don't want to do that. It's, it it basically says people have a hard time internalizing the things that they know, or they've, uh, you know, they've, they've uh, not become necessarily experts on, but you know, that they, their achievements and their knowledge, they have a hard time internalizing that. I've always thought of it as, have you ever had that feeling like you just know someone's about to walk up to you and go, Mm-hmm. Who the fuck do you think you are? Oh, you yeah. obviously don't know what you're talking about. Why are you even here? Um, and I've had that from time to time. Uh, like the Princess Bride scene where the lady's like, boo! Yeah. Boo! 
<laughs> yes, exactly. That constantly is like in the back of my mind. <laughs> um, so tonight we were going to talk about some situations where we've where we've run into the imposter syndrome. Um, would anyone like to go first? Um, I'll go first. All right, Jen. Y'all want? Okay, so I just want to start the show out by saying I think the imposter syndrome is something that women especially uh, suffer from. The times we tend to tell ourselves um, that we have to be 100% qualified for something before we can do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of times men will just look at something. For, for instance, jobs. This is a, My friend and I were having this conversation a while back. And we were talking about a job. And she's like, you know, have you ever noticed that, like, when a woman looks at a job description, if there's, like, five things on it she can't meet, she thinks, oh, I'm not qualified. I'm not even going to try. But the man looks at it, and he has five things. And he's like, yeah, I'm good enough, and he'll apply. Like, mm-hmm. things like that, I think we tend to think, well, we have to be perfect. And that's a kind of because that's what society expects of women a lot of times. Like, if we are too abrasive or too confident or to whatever then we're labeled as bitchy or insensitive or whatever but if a guy does it then it's you know he's confident and strong and blah 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 so I think we feel like we always have to kind of go a little bit above and beyond to prove ourselves which leads to that imposter syndrome I I can back you up on that because of the of the women that I know anytime there's been a job that comes up it's like and it seems to be job a lot of it seems to be job it's like well, I don't, I don't know all of this, and it's like I'm like, it, you don't have to know all of it. You you know enough of it. You'll learn the rest of it. It's go for it. Go, you know, go apply for it or yeah. whatever. And, Whether it's a job or you know, like a speaking engagement or you know, just a contest or something, because you know that whoever you're talking to is capable of doing it. So encourage them and tell them, you know what, you're overthinking this. You're actually really great at it. You know, kind of like you did, and that helps a lot. You know. Like yeah. I have to talk myself down and say, okay, you don't have to do X, Y, and Z all the time. You can, you can do this. So that's my thing. Just being a woman <laughs> sometimes <laughs> existing sometimes in this world. <laughs> What's that? Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> say it, Eugene. That is what she said. <laughs> um, well, Chris, do you want to go next? Uh, so for me, the first thing that popped up when you said imposter syndrome was when my cat's crawling on me now. I saw that. I was like, she's attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> she, since she's blurred out, so she keeps hard. walking well, behind her, like, and it looks like this kind of blob sometimes. And then when she, like, jumps into focus, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like a murky monster. Yeah. <laughs> she's really throwing me off because she's, like, got this look like, I'm coming for you, and I'm happy about it. Um, anyway, so the first thing that popped up was when I was writing and like full blown in it. I have never had such a manic time in my life, soul crushing self doubt. Like, and it was for a year straight, and I would be crying. And then as soon as I hit that sweet spot of writing, I'd be frantic. And it was just so up and down, but it constantly in the back of my head, I'd never felt so stupid. It was, you're not good enough. Your grammar's terrible. Even though people were telling me they loved my stories and I had something, it was like, yeah. Yeah, right here. Yeah, but I suck, right? Because I don't know where to put commas 95% of the time. It's good here, I'm putting a comma. And 
I was also in a writing group and that was throwing me off too because they were talking about all these rules and how polished you had to be before you even sent it to an editor and it was too much. So I had to stop because, but that was the most intense, one of the most intense imposter syndrome parts of my life. And it was, it's a, it's thrown me off a little bit to go back to writing because it was, I gave myself to it and it was the most manic part of my life I've ever had and it was it's not appealing to go back to that feeling it's not no matter how high I felt off the writing those lows no thank you I don't want to go back but yeah so you 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 don't think you'd ever go back to writing not like that before not like that aggressive no not anytime soon no and I'm quite happy about it I don't feel disappointed but it was just were you writing fiction yeah Mm -hmm. it was fiction stories yeah yeah, and I I liked what I wrote, but it was, it was yeah, it was like the dark side of. I mean, all creative people are like that too. Like Ray's like that. My sister in law's like that, and stuff like that. But it was too much. It was way too much. I hated that part of the writing so much that it's just kind of soured the taste for me. Maybe uh, our book club should read "On Writing" by Stephen King. He actually have that book. Um. <laughs> It, if you haven't read it, it's really good because basically he's just like – he's going to tell you the exact same thing I'm sure everyone else has told you. Fuck everyone else. They don't yeah. know what they're talking about. You yeah. do what you want to do, and if you like yeah. it, you do it, and screw everyone else. And I'm just like, yeah. if Stephen King feels that way, then – Exactly. And that was like – that was – I started – what was like nine years ago. So I was in my late 20s, and I was a different – I didn't have the kind of confidence that age brings. Right? Yeah. And I understand that completely. So, I'm I'm a different person than I was when I was 28 when I started. So, you know, it's different. I might look at it differently. I'm never saying you never say never to anything because the moment you do, of yeah. course, you do it. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm trying to remember what year it would have been, but it was at a geek fest. It was one of the early ones, and um, I gave a presentation on podcasting, and. Um, uh, the uh, 501st was stationed in, in the same room that we were in, and it was cool. That was fine because we got along with those, you know, those guys. Those guys were pretty cool. Um, and anyway, um, I was given a presentation on podcasting, and I was talking about how, uh, you know, a lot of podcasts, you know, like to have some kind of a theme music or whatever. And I was talking about how, you know, that's one of the benefits of a Mac is that you get GarageBand, and GarageBand has, you know, a lot of loops and stuff in it. You can not only edit the podcast in there, but you can actually kind of throw together some decent songs. And as far as I know, there's not really anything free like that on on the Windows side. And uh, this girl was like, well, what about – do you not know about Fruity Loops? And I'm like, no, I've, I've never heard of Fruity Loops. What is it? And she's like, well, it's a site you can go to, and you can get, like, you know, free stuff or whatever and, and you know, kind of mix stuff together. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I – I didn't know about it or whatever. Um, but it was like one of those times I was like, you know, during the moment I thought, oh man, I really don't know what I'm talking about. I, why am I giving this presentation? Uh, yeah, this, this sucks. Um, by the way, I, I mean, I was fine with it afterwards. You know, I was like, okay, whatever. I survived, you know, the presentation. So I was pissed. Like, why did she? Because she had net. It wasn't just. Oh, did she oh, say did it rudely? Know about this? Yeah, it was the attitude she had. Oh. And like I said, because I was in the middle of a presentation, I wasn't going to, you know, I was just like, oh, okay, you know, just kind of, you know, don't, let's not try to start an argument in the middle of a presentation. That's the last thing you want to do. Uh, but no, she was very rude about it. In fact, I had one of the, one of the people came up and was like, I'm sorry about 
that that happened and i was like and it's you know it's fine or whatever uh now in retrospect um i've learned number one the older i've gotten the less i give a damn mm-hmm. uh <laughs> but also I've, I've also learned some coping skills so like if that were to have happened like today i would have been like you know oh i didn't know about that tell me about more and kind of i ref- i refer to it as uh judo flipping the conversation because instead of like hey you're coming at me with some venom let me let me put you on the spot and make you the the expert or whatever and kind of see how you handle it and if they handle it great fine and if they don't then they crumble we move on but and then in retrospect i'm like of course i wouldn't have known about this i she said specifically on the window side and i mean i did research and no one ever brought up fruity loops because i was like well what do y'all do for music on the window side and most people were like oh well you can go you know to these places and and like you know have people write you a theme or even though i did put garage band out there as a way to kind of throw together a, an intro theme um i'm guessing what people most people throw together is probably garbage <laughs> and so no one was like go do this it's great you can come up with something probably everyone was like yeah everyone everything nobody wanted to admit <laughs> yeah no one this is not the way you want to do it just give your buddy 20 bucks to write you a song that, you know, plays with music yeah. or something, you know what I'm saying? So, but it was one of those times that, you know, I had, I thought I had done enough research and I thought I was um, uh, knowledgeable enough about the subject that I could give a presentation on it. And now like I've done that presentation to the point that I don't even do it anymore. Like, um, plus I feel like everyone knows what a podcast is now, <laughs> but um not necessarily how to do one, but everyone knows what one is. Yeah. But um, yeah, now I would be like, you know, if someone threw something out there. Like I said, I would know how to handle the situation. But that was one of those times I was just like, man, I, I'm a, you know, I volunteered to do this thing, and I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> so that's uh, kind of like one thing, something that I've learned too. When you're giving a talk or something, if someone brings something up that you didn't know about, like turn it around on them and make it a learning experience, and say. Well, great. This is the good part about giving a talk is that I learn from you guys just like, you know, as much as you learn from me because you can't know everything. There's no way to know what everybody does out to the public or whatever, you know, like, you know, at an event or something like that. I mean, I was teaching at this point and I, you know, I always taught to the point that I was like, hey, listen, I'm teaching this class to y'all because I know more than you do. I don't know everything. Like y'all, if y'all, if y'all know something that I don't let me know so I can teach it to other people. Like, and I'm like, I don't care that you're eighth graders. There's going to be stuff that we're going to come across that I don't know that you might know. So, you know, let's, let's all try to learn. And, you know, went into that presentation and didn't have that mindset loaded. And like I said, it kind of not necessarily backfired. I mean, it's not like it was a bad experience, but it is one of those things that's kind of stuck in the back of my head that I think back and I'm just like, Oh yeah, I remember when that happened. You know, this is how I should have handled it or how I would handle it now. So. Yeah. Um, what else you got for us, Jen? Um, so I guess I'll bring something up that's a little more relevant to the podcast. Um, so, you know, we recently started the Sustainably Geeky podcast last fall. And I've always kind of had a little bit of imposter syndrome over the environmental stuff, more because I don't have an, a formal education in it. And I'm, I'm kind of self-taught in a lot of that stuff. So I, I feel like people can always go back and say, well, you know, what does she know? She didn't go to school for this. Even though I did take several classes in it and I have read extensively, I'm not actually in the field working it. I don't do this for a living. I'm not, um, I'm not an expert, even though I'm kind of an informal expert 
um, so, so I kind of had to overcome that in order to even suggest doing the show and like getting, you know, really active in that space. Um, and I think I've pretty much overcome it now, but like in the beginning, it was a little like intimidating to think, you know, like what are people, people are going to call me out for not knowing every single, um, statistic and every study and, you know, whatever. But yeah, like you said, you can't know everything. And I actually got a little bit of, you know, uh, a taste of that when I gave a talk a few months ago at an event and I had a climate change denier kind of start an argument in the middle of my talk. So Mm -hmm. that that was a little, yeah, that was, that was a little, like I was a little shook after that just because like it it got a little confrontational, but he just left. So (laughs) I have to deal with him after, but yeah, so uh, the, the, as soon as you said, you know, because you haven't been formally, you know, uh, uh, you're, you're not quote unquote, you know, a, a, you know, you don't have a degree in it or whatever. Degrees are in uh, computer maintenance and um, uh, my like my master's is in educational administration. And what do I talk to people about? I talk to people about prop making and 3D printing. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, yeah. I don't think they offer a degree in that, though. They don't. God, I wish they would. Oh man, maybe I should suggest that I could teach that class. <laughs> so, because oh, I could, uh, I might be able to make some. You know what? Maybe that, that's a thought process. Maybe I have a conversation here about career change. Um, <laughs> this is gonna be a really good show. It's gonna uh, start being on the con circuit, like. Just going to all the different shows. Oh, no. I'm thinking about going to KSD and say, hey, listen, y'all need someone to teach 3D printing. I'm your dude. (laughs) So um, They have that at the Career Center, don't they? They do have 3D printers at the Career Center. Uh, Of course, I don't know exactly how they do it. But uh, anyway, um, going down a rabbit hole. Um, But no, I I, I understand what you're talking about because you're, you're, like you said, you're, you're you're not the trained expert at stuff that you picked up on, which... On the other hand, though, like you're passionate about it, whereas, you know, someone who might get the degree might have just got the degree to to finish getting the degree, whereas like this is stuff that you live and breathe. So, yeah. All right, Chris, what else you got for us? Uh, So before I say mine, side note, Jen, I do have formal education in this and a lot of it is seeped out of my brain Um, (laughs) and just it has. So. It's actually really nice to listen to you and be on the podcast and have the experts in because then it's sort of like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did know that. Uh-huh. And it's all coming back. So I feel like I'm in a class, my classroom again in, uh, in college. So it's nice. And I really, really, it's reigniting my passion for the environment again. So Yay. I love it. Um, so the second one that I had written down, which I think everybody, anybody who has kids can relate to, is parenting. Um, especially early on because it's just, and for me, especially I had a really rough go, um, for the first six ish months with Logan, I hid a pretty decent bout of postpartum depression from everybody except for Ray. Um, because I wanted to make it seem like I could do this. It was a weird mix of, um, so on the outside I made it seem like, I was sort of this loving, caring mom that could do everything. But on the inside, I wanted to run away. And so that was really hard for the first six months of her life because I just didn't want to be there. But on the outside, I wanted – because I did but I also didn't want her taken away. That was the other thing, too. I didn't want anybody thinking I was an unfit mom and that she was somehow going to be harmed and that they had to worry about her because it was like, no, I can – 
give her the basics. I just can't give her a whole lot of love and nurturing right now because it's not there. I don't have it. So, yeah, that was a lot of hiding that for a while. And then when I would talk about it later on, especially when I was pregnant with Quinn, they were like, really? We had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, did that. It was a lot of energy hiding that. Because <laughs> it was, I mean, Ray will talk. He can attest to that. It, he would come home. He was working shift. When we first had her, and he, there were times where he thought that Logan would be in her bed, sleeping, all fed, changed, and I would be gone. So, so that's that point a few times where it was. He could tell that it was I was on the verge of a, of a pretty decent breakdown. So, but once I got through that, and now that the kids are, they survived. They're eleven and thirteen. Doing, feeling like I'm doing a good job, but like believing it and, and um, not worrying about what other people think of my parenting style because I'm like, screw you guys, I have awesome kids. So whatever I did, yep. it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so my kids are amazing. They're amazing, amazing human beings. And uh, yeah, that imposter syndrome I had, um, going on at the beginning and then a little bit with Quinn because he was such a different toddler like he was bad shit crazy <laughs> and the what worked on Logan was the exact opposite on him and he had therapists involved and there was a whole lot of stuff and they're just like I don't know what I'm doing and then but the therapists were great and reassuring us that we were doing the right thing but most of the time it was like I'm sorry my kid went and crashed your Lego party he really isn't a jerk he just you know I I hear a lot I don't have kids but I hear a lot that the first one tricks you there a lot of times they're so calm and easy and then that you're like yeah I can do another one and then you have the second one and it's like (laughs) you that she had to be the chillest sweetest baby it's like she knew that she's like no mom's gonna have a rough go so you gotta be good you have to be a calm, chill baby. And then when Quinn came along, was like, "No, fuck you, you got it," and was like, "I mean, yeah." <laughs> and now, and now he's a really chill kid. So, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Um, I went through a bout of depression, nowhere near that bad, but I, I was depressed, and I was like, "This should be the happiest time of my life. Why am I depressed?" And my problem was. I had got it stuck in my head that this is going. This is the rest of my life. I'm not going to be able to see my friends. I'm not going to be able to to do anything I want because I'm literally I'm going to work all day and I'm coming home and I'm making twelve bottles. I'm washing twelve bottles and I'm making twelve bottles, and I've got to do all this other stuff. And I'm never going to have this. Is it? I'm this and I was getting depressed about it. And then honestly, Sai was the one that kind of talked me out of it. It wasn't even directly. It was just something. He was just like, you know, you realize you're the one that's like putting it on yourself. And when I realized that, I was like. Yeah, I am the one that's fucking myself. Why am I doing this? So, um, no, I know not everyone can can, can do that, but uh, but and then Christy, everyone else thinks their kids are assholes too. And guess what? It's okay to call your kid an asshole, not to their face, but it's okay because all the other parents are doing the same thing. I have a friend that consistently will say that about her son, her youngest. She's like, yeah. He does that because he's an asshole and he hates me, or you know, he's yep. ruining my life. Okay, yep. my sister will call me about her oldest. Tell me how you feel. I'll be like, "So how's it going?" She's like, "My, my nephew's like, he's being an asshole. He's being a dick right now." I'm like, mm-hmm. 
So we're drinking the mom wine tonight. Gotcha. All right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think the more parents we talk about how hard it is and it's not a given, you just don't magically have children and you figure it out. Right. Um, the more, the easier it gets because then you don't feel like you're alone. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And like I said, that's one of those few areas I think Facebook is actually really good because, you know, especially if you're, you're tied in with other, other people who are at least going to be honest, like, you yeah. know, those, those parents that post nothing, but you know, the, the cutesy staged pictures and whatever, what fuck them. Uh, I'm talking about the ones that are just like, you know, well, I am never taking my kid to, you know, I'm not taking my kid anywhere until they're like 17 where they can actually appreciate something. So 17. yeah. Don't so no, well, that's true. You're hot. You're tired. Guess what? We're only coming to Disney World once. So suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> we paid a lot of money to be here. Yeah. <laughs> You're <free> <laughs> Um, Let's see here. Um, the, other th- the second thing that I had written down was um, when I first became a tech in the district. And this actually kind of goes back to uh, what you were talking about, Jen. Like, I didn't know the whole job. Like, I had a, a pretty decent idea of what the job was going to be. And then I talked myself into I actually talked myself into the job and got the job. And uh, my partner had never worked in the district, but he was, you know, he had a tech background as well. Uh, he was a really good guy. I'm still friends with Maurice. And, um, but we had like zero training. And then the training we did get was actually wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did have, we, we leaned on some other techs and we actually, you know, had some good people from, you know, to help us out or whatever. But uh, I walked into that job and just like, like I said, there was no training. It was all JT. And it was just like, mm-hmm. I, people were walking in, asking me questions. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And then, you know, so a lot of them were like, okay, I understand you're new on the job. If you can just find out and get back to me, you know, they were cool about it. And then you had some of those people who were just like, well, then why are you here? Well, how did you get this job? And I'm just like, cause I, you knew everything on day one. Asshole. Yeah, of course. I, but I was also younger and Oh, I, I freaking told off a guy the other day because he, he keep and he was a jerk in my office and I just told him off and younger me would have been like, Oh, okay, well I'll try to find out. And I was just like, no, this is how it is. And if you don't like it tough, whatever. Um, I'll tell you about that story after the show, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that like when I first walked into the job, it was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think a lot of people have that especially when you first start a job. I mean, yeah, you understand you're the new guy. That's the thing. When you're the new guy, quote unquote, you know, you're expected to not know everything. And and usually people, most people will give you, you know, a little leeway. Most people, not everyone. Um, but that's kind of like the biggest times that I felt like that. And, and um, for the most part, like I have, I've, I've had the same job. It's different at the different levels I've been at. So I have had to learn the campus and kind of learn the new things, you know, that goes on, on the different levels. Um, but yeah, that's, that's when I tend to have the thing. And granted, I haven't switched like the last couple of times I've switched campuses. It was just like, all right, well, I just got to figure out where everything is. I already know the job, so I'm not worried about it. If I were to switch jobs again, I wonder how much of it would come back to me of being, I don't know what I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. but now I'm just like, eh, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and my other thing was work. I mean, just just about every job I've ever had, I always felt underqualified for for some some reason or another. Uh, and usually, it's it's mostly just because you're new and you don't know how the systems work, right? Like, right. I've kind of realized that over time, but in the beginning, I'm like. 
oh my God, this is all overwhelming. I don't, I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. But you kind of learn how to improvise or how to figure things out. Or in my case, I'm really good at like meeting people and building relationships so I can just call people personally mm-hmm. and ask for their help or, you know, like stupid quote unquote stupid questions that I would be embarrassed to just ask anybody. I know, Hey, I can ask my friend cause they won't judge me too hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially like I got a job, my, my last job at the chamber, the first job that I had there in communications, didn't have any formal communications work experience, but I had other experience, you know, that related to the job. And so I, that had a big learning curve there, but there were a lot of things like I had to learn Photoshop, shop and InDesign and those programs even if you take the class are not tough. intuitive at all no and they are not. I was calling favors into friends constantly like how do I do this you know like little things like <laughs> so yeah that was kind of a big like blow to my uh you do get it after a while and like you said you kind of stop giving a damn about what other people think and trying to please other people the older you get too because you realize it's just not worth it mm-hmm. like yeah so I'd say that's my other thing is just work in general. Every job, you kind of go through that. Yep, absolutely. I can definitely echo that. Uh, Chris, do you have anything else? Uh, I just have one more. Okay. Um, but I also have felt like that about every single job I ever started. That <laughs> 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 suck. Um, so one of the big things for me is social media. Um, I'm one of those people that uh, it really affects and it could affect really positively or it can send me down a huge spiral of shit. Uh, so at the beginning, when I, when social media first started popping up, it was really great. I started connecting with people I hadn't talked to in years. One of my oldest friends I hadn't seen in like eight years. And I'm like, I've made people and I got married. Look, and we now reconnect with each other like every year. I've made so, people. Yeah. I know that's awesome. <laughs> it was really great at the beginning, and I love taking pictures of the kids. Uh, it was nice to show family that we don't see very often how the kids were growing and how we were doing. It's just a really great way to stay up to date. And my feelings were constantly getting hurt, and I was worried about posting things that I would seem like fake or um, just annoying. Like I was worrying about how I was coming across and I would stop myself from being creative that way and it was really starting to affect my personality and it was just like I'm turning into a bit of a douche about this whole thing and it wasn't fun for me anymore it wasn't I was trying to retreat and get away and just be like no I don't want to share anything with anybody anymore because it all feels like I can't step out of line or anything because I'm putting my life out there to be judged essentially because people on the internet can be horrible and Mm-hmm. People you're friends with or strong acquaintance with or whatever can still judge you because I was doing that too. So huge imposter syndrome about I'm actually really not a nice person. I'm looking at these people and judging them like why wasn't I invited to that thing? Because well, there's all my friends and I'm sitting at home and thinking those sorts of things when it's just like, am I really good friends with those people? Yeah, probably not because I wouldn't invite them to a similar thing. So why am I getting all huffy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just stopped. I stopped. And so what I've come to realize is that I like social media. I just like being a people watcher. I know that social media is a big curation, but I'm like, I don't know. I like what they're curating. I'm digging it. I like that they're happy or they seem happy and that 
you know, they look like they're thriving and that makes me happy, but I have no desire anymore to show any of that. Mm -hmm. I feel compelled to send snapshots to people I don't see anymore or, or haven't seen in a while. It's just kind of lost its novelty for me. But I do like seeing other people's posts. So I don't know if that's like really hypocritical or what it is. I don't no, I, I I completely understand where you're coming from here. I mean, I'm not so much the 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 worrying about what other people were were necessarily thinking or whatever, but I've just noticed that like I don't post a lot anymore. Like I'll go into my thing and I'll be like, wow, that was the last thing I posted. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of think I should. I'm like, should I be posting more? But then I'm like. But if, I don't want to force it either, so I'll just post when I find something I find interesting. And yeah. oh well, I, I'm I'm also and the other thing is, and I have to keep this in mind. I'm also not trying to necessarily build it as a brand. Like if I were doing that, then I would definitely like have an alarm on my phone, and be like, "Yep, time to post a." How much I actually cared what other people thought about me, mm -hmm. and I was perceived. And then um, I read a really great book called "The Courage to Be Disliked," and I'm like. Oh yeah, no, I really care. That's, <laughs> that's not good at all. So I feel like one day I'll get back into it and it'll be a good thing again. But right now it's just, I'm just enjoying being an observer. It sounds good. like you've come to terms with, uh, like you, you understand how it makes you feel and you've taken action to, you know, not be in a situation where you're unhappy and that's good because a lot of people will just continue, you know, like obsessing and being like, what are they doing? Why are they look so happy? Blah, blah, blah. My life, you know, making comparisons when you got to step back and just be like, this isn't healthy. I got to. Yeah. And also, I was just gonna say also realizing everybody else is, is just faking it and putting their pretty pictures for. Yeah. And, which, for the, which I feel like, absolutely go ahead you don't have to show the shit of your life there's no thing that says you are obligated to show your child on the floor having <laughs> fucking tantrum or the mess of your house or anything or you know the fight you just had with your significant other or family member you don't have to show any of that but true yeah. Eating the popcorn. yeah like oh what shit are they going through right now thanks for the show um, right now. Yeah, yeah. Right now, but it was it was I was doing the FOMO. I was I was fear missing out. It was comparing comparing everything. Grass is greener, whole nine yards. And especially with parenting, I know it can be great. Like now, it's a little bit you can find those honesty things. But at the beginning, it wasn't. And I had some mom friends who were super super judgy. And I'm not oh. not friends with them really anymore because it's like you know what I am who I am and I parent the way I parent. I get your kids perfect. That's fantastic. But I think my kid's perfect too. And I can't parent the way you parent. So it's taking a step back. And, and it was just like Facebook, I can't anymore. I don't care about your 80 things you did today that you felt compelled to post. I don't care. And my mom, when she first got on it, was really, really bitchy about it. She's like, you didn't comment on my picture. You didn't comment on the comment that I made. You didn't like my post. I'm like, oh my God. No, I didn't. But like, she's calling me, telling me that I didn't. And then she would call me out on her status. Like one day she called me out like, um, like what did Ray do to my Facebook? It's not opening. And I put right underneath her status, like you're on Facebook right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Most amazing Facebook group. 
okay. called a group where we pretend to be boomers. <laughs> and you post things <laughs> where you act like you're a boomer, a baby boomer that doesn't understand how to use Facebook. <laughs> oh, my God. Terrible, that's awesome. But it's amazing because, I mean, I got, like, sucked into the rabbit hole so hard. Yeah. It's so funny, though. I, I highly recommend it if you're looking for a fun time and you have a sense of humor. You're not going to get offended by it anyways <laughs> it reminds me of this post i saw earlier this week and i had to share it with my partner at work it, it was like i something someone was like i propose we do a tv show where we tell all the baby boomers follow your follow your own advice about getting a job and go out in the job search oh, and see, see how long it takes them to break down yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. the comments of course were things like you know make sure you send a thank you note afterwards and shit like yeah. that and i'm just like yeah good luck with that yeah. but <laughs> Equal opportunity. There's also one for millennials, which is equally as funny. Oh, yeah. You can pretend to be a millennial and post that shit, too. So. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Oh. It's funny It's funny how everyone wants to blame the other group, and I, yeah. the whole time I'm just like, y'all are all fucked up. Like, this has been happening since the beginning of time. Oh, yeah. This generation says the younger generation's full of shit. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it's... it's Back in my day and all that stuff. I'm more so falling into the smaller camp of, uh, you know, you're really not the greatest generation. Like, y'all kind of fucked a bunch of shit up. So maybe keep your mouth shut. Just saying. <laughs> Same thing goes to my generation. Same thing goes to the millennials. Guess what? Y'all are still fucking up shit. Like, everyone's going to fuck up stuff. Let's just see if we can fuck up stuff less. <laughs> but, you know, somebody made the comment. Like, nobody ever uh, talks shit about Gen Xers, and it's like, yeah, because they just kind of gave up, and we all just forgot about. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they're just like, yeah, you both suck. We hate both of you, and exactly, and yeah, we hate everybody. <laughs> yeah. So. Which I can respect. Exactly. Um, which brings me to the third thing, and this is actually the anti-argument to the whole uh, imposter syndrome. This is how I got over it um i've been listening to podcasts for quite a while and uh there's certain people i listen to and i don't agree with everything they say but one of the things that i thought was really good was um one of the guys i listened to was like he basically well it's brian brushwood he um he, he now basically has a, a media empire he uh quit his job he was working at dell uh made a deal with his wife to become a um a street a street magician several podcasts um he has a a website where he sells stuff and like he's doing really good and he's you know enjoying time with his family and stuff and anyway and one of the things that you know he started talking about was um like he wrote a book that he self-published and um and it was like it, it, it was like he even put a fake is uh number on the back of it <laughs> And like he's like, but you don't understand. Like I learned so many ways to scam people because that's what his whole thing was was learning. When I say scam people, not scamming people out of money, but like um, his whole thing. His first show that really took off was called uh, Scam School, and it was showing people uh, tricks to do at a bar to like get to know other people and like maybe even get them to buy you a drink. He's like, that should be your goal is to make people happy, make people laugh, and maybe get them to buy you a drink. And if you can do that, great. And then you can build onto that. And like one of the first things he started talking about, he's like, he's like, well, one of the greatest realizations in my life is that everybody is full of shit and nobody knows anything. And if they say they do, it's just because they've reached a point in their life or they have enough confidence where they can make you think that. But they probably really don't. They probably only know about half, if if that much. I'm willing to bet they're sitting there going, 
God, please don't ask this question. Please don't ask this question. <laughs> people um, that you used to idolize that you kind of learn over time, oh, they're not that great of a person or they're not that smart or whatever I thought they were. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. It would be a letdown. <laughs> and the ones, and this is what the really, the, the really uh, eye-opening thing is, the ones who actually are experts in their field are usually the first ones that will say, I don't know. Or – I'd love to learn about this. I mean, for a good example, for, you know, um, um, a trade, there was a, a commercial before something I was watching on YouTube today. There's a website, I think it's called Masterclass, where these experts are teaching classes. And the, the advertisement that I watched was Penn and Teller are doing this masterclass on teaching magic. And I mean, stuff like card tricks, rope tricks. I mean, some, you know, what you consider simpler stuff. But I mean, of course, they are masters at their craft. But, like, they also do a show – they used to do a show where there, it was, like, full pen and teller. Yeah. And they were actively looking for people to, to do stuff so that they could go, wow, I don't understand how you do that. Please tell me how you did that mm-hmm. and wanted to learn. Like, those are the people that I, like, look up to now. And I'm like, well, you are really a master of your trade because everything – I'm like, you don't know shit. <laughs> so I don't worry about those people anymore. And so, like, going into the lessons that I've taught now – I just keep trying to keep that in mind that I don't know everything. And if you come in and you, you have something to share that I don't know, it, it's like, cool, tell me more about it. And let's try to incorporate it into the talk. And it works wonders. It's like, like you were saying, of course, you were in a situation, Jen, where like uh, the person you were talking to, it didn't matter what you say, you weren't going to convince them either way. So, you know, that's yeah. just. That's, they had their mind made up before they came in. They weren't open to new ideas. Yeah. Right. Um, and what's funny is, and, and I've heard this guy, his name's Andrew Main. Uh, he gave a one of the best quotes here, one of the best things he ever said forth was, he's like, anytime I ever have, have a conversation with someone that believes something different than I do, my first question is, is what would it take for you to uh, change your mind? And if the answer is nothing, you're not having a conversation. You're having a religious argument. Because if if the answer is nothing you're ever going to tell me is going to change my mind, all right, cool, th- th- that's fine. Then l- this conversation's over with. Yeah, done. So, uh, and of course, unfortunately, that that was the thing you were in. But um, yeah, like I really do try to keep in my mind that everyone's full of shit and <laughs> act like you know everything. The less likely I'm going to believe anything you say. So. <laughs> But anyway, well, that's. I think this was a good discussion. Does anyone have anything else they want to add? I'm just gonna say one one more thing is just adulting in general. I, on a regular basis, do not feel like a true adult. Still, I'm 34 years old, and there will be days when I'm like, someone should ask the adults what to do, <laughs> like, or like where I want to call someone to like find out how to do things that I should know how to do already or I have to call some. So adults Who here still contacts their parents and ask them questions about shit you think you should know? Yeah. yeah right here. For sure. Car stuff? Oh, I'm yeah. like yeah. I'm a 41 year old man. I should know some of this shit. But I call my dad. Hey dad, what do you think this is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny. I used to listen to a podcast. They don't do the podcast anymore, but I listened to this podcast and all three of these guys, now granted their stick was kind of, you know, the fact that they kind of bumble through life, but they were like, does anyone else ever feel like there was a man handbook that you just never got? Like no one ever <laughs> gave it to you. And yeah. it's shit like, 
you know, how to buy a car and how to do this. And it's like stuff that you're just like, oh, my dad knows how to do that. And I never learned somehow another. I got to keep my house clean and buy groceries and, you know, do the laundry and keep up with my own hygiene and exercise and eat. And, you know, like, oh, I want to have relationships with, with friends and family and like, as I'm listing everything, I'm like, how the fuck do I function? Like, oh, and, and keep my bills paid. And, you know, mm-hmm. just like the list gets bigger and I, I constantly feel inadequate. Like I'm I'm coming up short on one or the other or I just like legitimately don't know what to do about a certain problem that mm-hmm. I'm having, especially when it comes to my house and keeping up with that kind of stuff. But, yeah, so adulting, huge imposter syndrome. <laughs> no, I completely <laughs> understand. I don't feel my age in my head. That's a thing. Exactly. Like yep. I don't. In my head, I'm still eh, like 15. So yeah. when, you know, like today, I was up and down at work, like up and down, up and down, up and down. And at one point, I'm like, oh, God, my knees. <laughs> my back. <laughs> my knees hurt. Why do my knees hurt? And then just, yeah, like trying to feed other people in the house and like trying to take care of it's like who, who the hell said that i could do this like in what world was this a good idea yeah yeah well see christy gets on to me for some of the 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 timers and stuff that are like the reminders and stuff i have and i'm like there's a lot of other shit going on like make sure you roll out the trash no 95 percent of the time i just I automatically know i have to do it but I keep it on my phone because I know there's going to be that one time I'm going to get busy doing other stuff yeah. and be like, oh, yeah. crap, it was Thursday. So, yeah. no, I completely yeah. understand, Jen. And it's one of those things that's just like something's got to give. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, like, I'll be, you know, having a conversation with someone or someone will refer to me and they'll say, oh, yeah, that lady or that woman. And I'm like, who are they talking about? Because I still in my head think of myself as a girl. For some reason, you know, even though and, and not in like a derogatory way, just no. like I just feel like I don't feel like a woman, woman is an yeah. adult term. Like I haven't gotten my to that point. A, my mom is a woman. I'm not a woman. My right. mom, my grandma, they're women. Yep. So weird. I remember the first time I got mammed. I'm like, pardon me. I am not a man. Do I look 45? <laughs> no, I'm not. A and when I get to be 45 and I get mammed again, I'll up the age. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never feel old enough to be manned. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also, I think it also helps us in the fact that, like, because we're all geeks, like, we can look around our houses and see. I have, <laughs> I have a Transformer sitting here. I have a Proton Pack behind me. I've got toys and stuff here. So it helps kind of keep me grounded. Like, um, he was, he was kind of a really goofy guy or whatever. And now, like, when I follow him on Facebook, he's always talking about his business and this, that, and the other, and all this grown up stuff. And I'm just like, Wow, you got old. <laughs> um, I have no hair, and I definitely look like I'm 40. But man, you got old. <laughs> um, and I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I, I, I guess, like, I consider myself a dude. I'm not a boy, but I don't feel like a full man. Maybe I'm a dude or something. I don't know. I... <laughs> yeah, but then I have times where I look at my younger siblings because I have like a sister that's 18 and a brother that's 20. And I'm like, wow, I guess I am kind of an adult compared to what they're doing. And I'm like, I remember going through that shit. That sucked. Nothing will put you in your place quicker than hanging out with younger people. Because when they start talking about the stuff that worries them and is you know important to them, and you're just like, that worries the them. fuck are you talking about? I've got bills to pay. I, 
Yeah. I don't give a shit about whatever you're talking about. Real problems. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I've got real problems. Come talk to me whenever you're behind on your car payment or something. So you're um, trying to figure out what color paint to put on your walls or it, some yes. shit. <laughs> okay. Here's here's a great example. I've spent most of the week troubleshooting my garage door opener. Or do I spend $75 for a new part, or do I go ahead and just buy a brand new one for $150? Well, I'm only going to be in the house for probably five or six more years, so I probably that's the type of shit I'm worried about. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. adulting. Yeah, when you start when you start comparing and talking about lawns and shit like that that your parents used to talk about, uh, and or, I've done it. Or <laughs> the thing that. It's funny to me when I was a kid and my grandmother wanted to go out and look at houses, drive around, I'm really slow and look at houses. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? And now I find myself like, oh, wow, I really like how they did their lawn. (laughs) Going too fast. Yeah. We used to do that. We used to hop in the car and go around the neighborhood. My mom would be like, she wouldn't drive. She'd be in the passenger seat. We'd go up to the fancy part of town because we lived in the welfare housing. And she'd be like, slow down, slow down. And then we'd be like, oh, never wait, understood you know, it. Speed up. And so when I do that too, when we're driving by, that's why I, I like to walk what we call the bougie side of our street because uh-huh. I can go slower. But I like looking at houses now. It's so weird. I thought my mom was embarrassing for doing that. No, I We've turned it. into no. our family, our parents. I knew I became an adult when Christy and I would start getting like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't like wake up early, but we would wake up on Sunday morning and I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, we're fucking old. <laughs> I feel like we have a topic for a future episode here. Oh yes. I think this could be an excellent Adulting. topic. When you figured out you were an adult. Oh, yeah. so. Things that well, when know, I had a kid. <laughs> there. There's yeah. a um there's a there's a show I listen to a syndicated talk uh, morning show on the radio called Bobby Bone Show, mm-hmm. and they have a segment where they play you know that song Time Marches On it's like a yeah. old '90s country song and they play that the lyrics from that and they will talk about something in their life that happened recently that made them like really feel <laughs> that's how I feel right now <laughs> it's like yep, yep. Had, had to go use the uh what's the the icy hot you know from a back time marches on yeah <laughs> yep i that's what we need to do that episode yeah i think that needs that needs definitely needs to go on the uh, list of things to, to do for episodes so um well, let's go ahead and move to our our picks and pans for the week would anyone like to go first okay speaking of adulting and things you never thought you'd do um <laughs> i have two picks they're both shows one of them is Bob Ross. <laughs> Beauty is everywhere. And yep. the other one is called Blown Away about glass blowing. Oh, I, I started that show. They're calming. I enjoy watching them. No drama. Not really. Not with glass blowing. I'm like, oh, the glass broke. Well, of course, it's glass. Yeah. Um, but with Bob, I just this morning, I turned him on before I went to work. I'm like, he is a calming dude. Just the energy he exudes. I'm like, I don't need to be hyped up today. Let's just watch this dude make little trees. And it was yeah. amazing. I have put on Bob Ross in the background. Like, I'm normally not the guy that, like, I usually have my headphones in. I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something like that, even if I'm really listening to something. But on a rare occasion, I'll be like, I just kind of need something on in the background. Yeah. And it's perfect for that because 
you can walk by and you'd be like, oh man, you're you're ruining that picture. It looks, oh no, that looks wonderful. It's just <laughs> happiness. Yeah. There's no such thing as mistakes. They're birds. Yeah. Just yeah. happy little mistakes. Yeah. All right. Happy, yeah. Happy accidents. Happy accidents. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I love him. I love him. <laughs> I love yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. He's just so calming and it's nice and, and needing to be calm in the morning. Like there's no, there's no need to amp up there's no stress i'm good like i <laughs> needing my life to be like perpetually calm I'm like oh god <laughs> that those are good Aww. picks you can go yes. do it yes go do it i know yeah it's it's on the to-do list so we should all go blow some <laughs> um we were i was gonna take christy to do that on a date night one time and something came up and I don't know why I didn't go. And I'm just like, we need to go back and do this. Cause I really want to do this. This is, it's you're freaking blowing molten glass and it looks awesome. It's, and, it's yeah. so cool. I've stopped in there and watched them do it. And it's amazing to see like how they mold this liquid hot, you know, scary shit into something. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely. Well, uh, Jen, are, by the way, they're what? Yes. They're on Netflix. Yes, they are. Uh, Jen, you want to go next? Um, I guess I'll just mention that I'm going to be visiting Canada in a week. So that's my big excitement right now. <laughs> I will be uh, visiting Ray and Chris and the kids and stopping in Niagara Falls and nice. know, just chilling. So, and Sean, I guess. I'll, I'll see him too. Yeah, we got to figure that out. Yeah, but yeah. So you know, if we record a show during that time, then I guess there will be three of us instead of just the two of them. <laughs> I don't know all, if they're all, all Canadians. Americans have like abandoned the show. I know, right? Calling y'all out right now. Yep, it's all good. I love my I love my Canadians. Um, well, I've got two picks, both also on Netflix. Uh, finished. Did finish uh, Stranger Things season three. I know there were some people that didn't like it for whatever reasons. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. The the thing I talked about before the show when that happens and it just like everything stops. And I'm just like, this is fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, loved. I loved it. Uh, by the way, uh, you you haven't seen it yet, uh, Chris? Uh, have you looked up? Um, uh, Hopper PI. <laughs> oh my god, no, but now I want to <laughs> look it up. It's the intro for Magnum PI, but with all clips of Hopper, and it's oh, oh it's so good. <laughs> I I liked the season, I just felt for me it was a little too uh gory, it was too much of that. <laughs> but other than that, I thought it was the story was, was good. I liked it. My did. did not, she had lots of things to say about it. Well, Logan, she's right here. She's like, I heard Stranger Things immediately came out. Um, my second pick is uh, well I guess I have a third one the third one is improvement shows so we've been watching a lot of um, Fixer Upper which was uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines it's there here in Waco which is right down the road from us um, and we just like watching these home improvement shows where people do these really cool things to their house and it's just like man one day that would be awesome to do um, and then my third pick um, is um, we finished this latest season of Queer Eye and if you need a show to just 
make is if you just need a feel good show, that is that's a great way to go. Uh, I know Lainey said some of the a earlier. A lot of people love it. Um, the the later episode with the um, the older guy who didn't feel like he had really made anything of his life, and then getting back with his family. Oh, he was amazing. That was that was kind of a tearjerker. Um, got a little misty on that one. So, but yeah, it's that it's just a great show. It's just a good feel good show. The whole that the, number one, the group of guys are hilarious. Um, but yeah, just seeing what they do to to help out these people is just. It's great. It's a good good show to watch. So they do not give Bobby enough airtime for what he does. That oh, age he does. Yeah, houses and he gets no airtime. Yeah, saying. that's that. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Just because he's not his big personality like John, or it focuses less on. I mean, I know he tries to incorporate the person into the redo, but it's less with the person itself. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, unless he does things good. where he's like, "Hey, come help me make something," so. But, um, all right. Well, that is our show for the week, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, uh, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. We should be there. Um, you can find us at Epically Geeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, at EpicallyGeeky.com. You can also find us on Etsy. We do have an Etsy store uh, where you can find some cool things to uh, maybe purchase. Would be helpful. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we've also got two other shows. We have the Sustainably Geeky Show. It looks like our next recording is not going to be till the close to the end of the month. Um, marginally, you mean marginally? Uh, marginally, I'm sorry. Uh, marginally, yeah. Uh, won't be close to the end of the month. Um, life, life happens, and sometimes reading doesn't end up on the priority <laughs> the priority list. So, uh, but we're reading currently. We're reading um, uh, Marvel Comics: The Untold Story. So. Um, and I would still like to try to work to get, uh, the author back on. That would be fun. So, um, and then when are you recording a new episode of Sustainably Geeky? We actually just recorded it Tuesday. I have to edit it and I'll get it to you soon. So we'll be talking about oceans. Yeah. So definitely check out our, our, our other shows. Like, you know, we've got some, we've got some really good content out there for you to listen to. So, uh, where can we find you online, Chris? Uh, you can find me here at Epically Geeky and Marginally Geeky and Sustainably Geeky. Although I had to miss this last uh, episode. We had unexpected company, but I'm excited to listen to it. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Cedar Birch Cottage, but I'm not really posting anything. But if you have accounts that you enjoy, that uh, you find soothing, uplifting, happy, DM me. I'd like to see them. Nice. The, I can't remember what it's called. Um, I think it's called Whiskers and Purrs. It's a woman in Canada who uh, uh, fosters kittens, and it's fantastic. So, uh, Jen, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's going to be me. And, of course, here on on Epically Geeky, Marginally Geeky, and Sustainably Geeky. Like we said, we have a new episode dropping soon. Um, we also started an Instagram and Twitter for Sustainably Geeky, so follow us there in addition to Facebook. Um, and then and I think that's everything. Good deal. And as always, you can find me at Optimus Proton Pack. Uh, more explained and filled out or whatever. So, uh, but yeah, it, I'm hoping to work on some other smaller projects and uh, get those posted as well. So, 
For everyone on the site, have a good night. This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network.